world's on fire, our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. Hey, pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It's time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass the salt. But we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. I gotta ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. I'll never forget this. The Lord told Joshua that every place you set your foot, I've given it unto you as an inheritance. I'm going to read that today. We're going to talk a little bit about that today. Only be strong and very courageous. Be not afraid and be not dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with you wherever you go. It must, it must mean that repossessing land is dangerous. It must be. That must be what it means. Because he said, uh, be, uh, be strong, be, be not afraid, and be not dismayed. Why? Because every place you put your foot, it's yours. You just got to take dominion on it and take it back. But it ain't going to be easy. It's going to be a fight. I want to encourage you today. We're winning. It's the 20, what is it, 23rd day of May. We're winning. I'm going to pr- produce some evidence to you today that we're winning. But I want to encourage you also that uh, now's the time to pop the clutch. Now's the time to push on the gas pedal. Now's the time. If we wait too much longer, if we allow the enemy to uh, get his, his, what would you call it, his prongs in us anymore, folks. I was, I was amazed some of the things I was reading this morning. You know, I do, I do a show prep every morning. And it's unbelievable the, the number of people who are beginning to say, just resist the government. Just ignore the government. Just ignore them. I don't know if you saw this or not. The IRS, Internal Revenue Service, they just uh, somebody just released some information that they've done on what they they destroyed sixty million, sixty million tax returns. <laughs> it's it burn them up. <laughs> why? Why? Because they they don't have enough people to keep up with everything that's going on, right? And so. Uh, uh, the times they are a changing, friends. The times they are a changing, and uh, I want to encourage you today. Hey, listen, we're canceling Betty's event this weekend, not because Betty did something bad, just a bad weekend, Memorial Day weekend. Couldn't get people to commit. We got weddings, we got graduation parties, we got all kinds of things going on. So rather than Betty going out and working her tail off, giving us a good event, we're going to reschedule that one. Put that one. Put that on on postpone. Let me remind you. Sky High, Sunday, June 5th. I actually wrote it down so I wouldn't forget it this time. Six to eight here at Sky High. We're going to, uh, I'm tired of tea parties without God. I'm tired of patriot meetings where people hide the name of Jesus. I'm tired of them. I'm tired of secret service Christians trying to infiltrate government secular groups. Bible says, come out from among them, be separate, and touch not the unclean thing. I don't know exactly what that looks like, because we clearly have to be involved with politics. But uh, we will not conquer. We will not survive, friends, if we don't uh, place Jesus Christ at the center of everything that we're trying to change, everything we're trying to do. If we don't return to just common sense, old morality, we're not going to win. Come on, man. We're not going to win. And I got I got some staggering stuff to show you. I'll get to you, I'll get to it here in a second. I promise you, just kind of laying the ground and work for you. So that June uh, sky high, June fifth from six until eight. All right. No, it's not going to be a church service. Yes, there'll be a church service type atmosphere. But no, no, it's, that's not what it's about. No, haven't really given it a name. Given all kinds of people tell me, oh uh, yeah, where do we go from here? Where do Christ people? Where do we go from here? Sunday, June fifth, six to eight p.m. Come, come and join us. Bring a friend with you. That's your admission charge. Bring a friend with you. Bring your own lawn chair. We'll have a tent set up and do that. June 24th is the annual, 24th, our annual Ohio event. Uh, we don't have all the particulars of who's going to speak and all that kind of stuff, but I promise you, you will be glad you came. All the fellowship, 
Uh, we're working on hotels. You can camp. You can pull a park uh, camper in. You can throw up a tent. You can you, you can do whatever. And uh, we're look, we're looking forward to uh, updating that schedule a bit. We're running down through here. Uh, oh, da, 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 da. Steaks. I just ordered 250 steaks. I just ordered 250. I'm going to be handing them out to uh, – I'm going to talk a little bit about that, about the importance of why – because I got a couple questions over the weekend, and I think they're, you know, legitimate questions. Every question is legitimate, certainly. But uh, if we were to start right now and begin to list some of the places that we've gone and some of the things that we've staked, you would be shocked. And um, does it work? I don't know. I know Randy Lunsford put his hands over over uh, the threshold outside of Hillary Clinton's house. You don't hear much from Hillary Clinton anymore. I know we went to the Georgia Guidestones, and now everybody's talking about the Georgia Guidestones. I know we went to the Serpent Mound. I'm, hey, folks, listen. Well, I'll, get, I'll get into it here in a second. So Chad had a good event this weekend. Chad, come on and talk a little bit about that, and then I'm going to – Craig, I'll get you in there a second, I promise. Come on in, Chad. Time to go down there in Texas. Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, we had, uh, yeah, 31-plus bunch of kids. We're having a lot more children come as well. And so we've had uh, several new people come. We'll keep beating the drum. Oh, a spirit-filled weekend. We had some deliverance there. We laid some hands on folks, prayed on them, you know, uh, this kind of stuff. Uh, of course, we had some training. We did some getting ready and talked about uh, current events, things like that. And then we lifted up the Lord. So, amen. So, uh, another great event. Our next one we plan, Coach, is June 11th. June 11th. June 11th. That's not that far away. Hey, folks, we encourage all all of you. We encourage everybody to get get these groups. I don't know how much we can. I don't know how much we can talk about and tell you. You're gonna, folks. You're gonna need each other. <laughs> you're gonna need each other. Come on, can't you see what's going on with inflation? And how about this? The monkeypox coming around now. The monkeypox. It's always something. Is it? Somebody help me. What what happened to COVID? And then what happened to the Ukraine? And now here comes the monkeypox. What's coming down next? Distract and divide. Distract and divide. Distract mm-hmm. and divide. I have to realize that. Hey, thanks to all of you who purchased a book from uh, John, uh, uh, big six-foot, 11 nuts, 12, whatever, big, tall John Dislin. He's, he was, I uh, just want to tell me all, all of you, thank you. A lot of you, a lot of you did purchase his book and appreciate it. Now put it into action. John's going to join me on my Brideon show, show today as well. If you want, want more of that, if you don't want more of it, that, that's okay. That's okay as well. I'm going to show you something. Go to Joshua 1. Go to Joshua 1. I got that number one for you. That's been... hey, hey, Coach, just could yes, I sir. say? I'm sorry, Craig. I forgot you. Go ahead, brother. I'm sorry. July July 16th in Inwood, West Virginia, which is about 20 minutes south of Interstate 81 and 70. Diana and Laura Shockley have put on a great event. We've got about six or seven speakers, and we got Steve Hemphill coming. Oh, <laughs> so, awesome. Awesome. So, but I put a link of in Evan Bright in the chat. You can go to there and get information on Evan Bright. And I did send it uh, a couple weeks ago. It should be posted on your website there. Yeah, I think we have it up there. I just, I just didn't go beyond June. That's that's the only reason, Craig. I didn't. I just didn't go beyond that. So, yeah, a lot of good, a lot of good stuff going on, especially coming up here on the summer. If we make it to summer, right? If we make it to summer, who the heck knows what's going on? So I got Joshua one up on on the screen right now. That's some good stuff for you today. But that couple of people say that they don't get the staking thing. They don't get it. They don't get it. And my, my Bible tells me that faith without works is dead. And as I a comment I made, to, uh, maybe I, it doesn't matter who I made it to, is uh, you can't feed the poor if you don't go feed the poor. You can't just pray that the poor will be fed. You can't pray that we're going to take dominion if you don't go take dominion. You can't do that. You can't pray that you're going to get rich if you don't go to work. You can't pray that you're going to get healed if you don't believe that you're going to get healed. You can't believe, you're with me, right, folks? Right? Faith without works is dead. It's without works. And I really believe that what's what's going on with Steve Hemphill and the stakes, I've really, I don't know if you've picked up on this, I've really bought into it big time. I really have. And to get it out of Joshua 1, 
So I'm going to let Silver read this for us here real quickly. Silver, it's up on the screen. Joshua 1. And uh, of course, I'll throw a few comments in there. Go ahead. Go ahead. There. So we don't have to go very deep into it. Okay, coach. Joshua 1. Now, after the death of Moses, the servant. Hang on, Joe. Hang on, Joe. Hey, Joe. Hey, Joe. Moses is dead. John the Baptist is dead, folks. Huh? The apostle Paul's dead. Peter's dead. The disciples are dead. All right? The great reformers are dead. Life goes on after some people die. You're here for a reason. You're here for a season, right? So Moses served his, his purpose, and he moved on. We're still talking about him because he was such a doer, such a doer of the work. But if you watch right here, we see a transition of power after the death of Moses. When Moses died, next man up. Go ahead, Joe. Start again. Now, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Okay, Moses is dead. Moses, my servant's dead. Next man up, baby. Joshua, you're the next guy. Come on, take a get. Let's get get him and take him over across the Jordan. And then number three, Joe. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you. Say it again, I, Joe. Say say that again, Joe. Every place that you pray about, every place that you pray about, is that what it says? Every play, every place that you speak into the heavenlies about, is that what it says? No, it appears to me that there's some type of action required of of, uh, Joshua. He said, get up, get up, dude. Get up out of your comfort. Moses, the age of Moses is over. It's a new age. You get up, dude. You're going to lead a new movement. Get up and move and go where and do what? Every place you put the sole of your foot, tread upon it. I've given that to you. Why? As I said unto Moses. Go ahead, Joe. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. Mm. God's a man of his word. God's a man of his word, Joe. Go ahead. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all of the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea, toward the going down of the sun, shall be your coast. Wow, that's a lot of land there, baby. That's a lot of land. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will Amen. not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Amen. But, Joe, here's the condition, Joe. Be strong and of good courage. For unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land, which I swear unto their fathers to give them. What, uh, Joe, what, what, what is he, what's he given to them? Land. And how do they get that land, Joe? It's a receipt from God. And every place that you put your foot, and every place that you put your foot. He says, listen, I don't care who owns it now. I don't care who owns it now. You own it. Hey, folks, we're the rightful owners of the United States of America. Not that, not that Luciferian government. They're not, they're not the owners of it, folks. I'm telling you, they're not. We're the rightful owners. And the Lord says what? Look, again, be strong and of a good courage. He said, this ain't going to be easy, boys. This isn't going to be easy because there are people in there who have taken it over. They have possessed your land. They have possessed our land. But he said, I'm a man of my word, and here's what I'm going to do. Everywhere you go and put your foot, and every place you go and you drive in a stake, I'm giving it to you. It's yours. Go back and get it. Where are we, Joe? Verse 7? 7. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all... Oh, i got to stop, Joe. Joe, i got to stop. I'm sorry. That thou mayest observe to do. You see that, folks? You see it? Observe to do. Not just observe, but observe to do. Go ahead, Joe. Boy, that's... That that went down me like lightning, went down my back. (laughs) That thou mayest observe to do according to all the law, which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand 
or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do. Observe to do, Joe! Observe to do! <laughs> according to all that is written therein, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then shalt thou, and then thou shalt have good success. Now he's getting mad, Joe. Now he's getting mad. He's going to reiterate it. Have I not commanded thee? Be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. And then Joshua said to the people, the officers of the people, what do you say to them, Joe? Pass through the host and command the people, saying, Prepare. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Prepare, you victuals. For within three days ye shall pass over this Jordan to go in to possess the land, which the Lord your God giveth you to possess it. Why did he give it to us, Joe? To possess it? To yes. go in to possess the land, which the Lord your God gave you to possess it. Right. Keep going. And to the Reubenites and to the Gadites and to half of the tribe of Manasseh spake Joshua, saying, Remember the word which Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, The Lord your God hath given you rest and hath given you this land. There it is. Your wives, your little ones, your cattle shall remain in the land which Moses gave you on this side of the Jordan. But you shall pass before your brothers armed, all the mighty men of valor, and help them. I've jumped in there, Joe. Sorry. That's okay. Uh and they were on that side, the east side of the Jordan. Right. And they got they wanted that land. They asked for it. Mm -hmm. But in order to do it, they had to come work and fight with Israel. <laughs> so it says, doesn't it, brother? Isn't that what it says right exactly there? What it come, says. come on, come on. Until the Lord hath given you your brethren rest as he giveth given you, and they also oh, have possessed no. the land which the Lord your God giveth them, then ye shall return unto the land of your possession and enjoy yes. it, which Moses, the Lord's servant, gave you on this side of the Jordan toward the sun rising. Wow, this is unbelievable, isn't it? Isn't it? Keep going. And they answered Joshua, saying, all that thou commandest us, we will do. So and do what, Joe? What are they going to do? Do. All. They're going to observe and do. They're going to observe and do, aren't they? Yep. Yes. And whithersoever thou sendest us, sendest us, we will go according as we hearkened unto Moses in all things. So we will hearken unto thee. Only the Lord, thy God be with thee as he was with Moses. Mm. Whatsoever be whatever. Whosoever. 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 Whosoever he be that doth rebel against my, thy commandment and will not hearken unto thy words in all that thou commandest him, he shall be put to death. Only be strong and of a good courage. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> so that's what we're doing, folks. That's exactly what we're doing. Every place we set our foot. So when we go and we pound these stakes into the ground, it's not the stake. The stake is a memorial of what was done there. It is a sign to everybody that passes by this land has been repossessed by the kingdom of God. That, that's the way I read it, friends. That's, that's the way I see it. I don't see it as voodoo. I don't see it as some charismatic trick. I believe it, I believe it comes right out of the world. We're going to get Steve Hemphill back on here again and, and uh, let him give us a, a perspective on that. Um, play number five real quick. Hang on, Kevin. I'll be right with you. Play number five to go along with this, right? Hey, friends, we're in war. We're in war. We're in war. Already are. We already are. This is uh, Mark Robinson, who's now the Secretary of State in uh, South Carolina, maybe. I think it is. No, it no, not Secretary of State. Uh, Assistant Governor, whatever they call that. Lieutenant Governor. Go ahead and play that. We've got all the right in the world on our side, and there ain't no reason to be afraid. 
And there ain't no reason to not take the challenge dead on. Because I'm going to tell you who we come from, folks. We don't come from some weak, jellyback, spineless people. That's not who we come from. None of us. And it doesn't matter what color you are, what nation your folks hail from, how much money you got. We all share the same name. We are Americans. And that Bunker Hill, that was Americans. And that Fredericksburg and Gettysburg, that was Americans. And that Iwo Jima raising that flag on Sarabachi, it was Americans. And that Porktop Hill, that was Americans. Quezon, that was Americans. And on 9-11, there was Americans who ran towards those burning buildings. That is who you share your heritage with. You do not share your heritage with a weak and ineffective people who cower at the side of trouble. You share your heritage with a strong and brave people who are determined to hold on to their freedom and for the freedom of future generations. Guys, it's time for us to stand up and be that generation. It's time for us to stand strong and proud and remember who we are. That we are Americans. And as long as we stand as the vanguard of freedom in this nation, freedom will survive. Not only survive, but survive. So guys, it's time to put on a pack. Time to fix those bayonets. It's time to get ready. We got a fight on our hands. And our fight is not for us, for all those generations that's going to come behind. Let's save America, folks. We hold these truths to be self evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That's it, baby. That's it. Buckle up your uh, tighten your belt and earn your meal money. That's what I say. Amen. 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 Come on Amen. in, Kevin. All right. Well, so, Coach, I think the uh, key word that you're looking for here, in fact, that gentleman just said it, is the word claim. Claim. Go and claim the land. I've given this take a claim. A, take a claim. In fact, Coach, can you have? Can you have your guy there pull up the word claim in Webster and read what the definition of claim is? It's very important. To call for, to ask, or seek to obtain by virtue of authority, right or supposed right, to challenge as a right to demand as due, is to claim a debt, to claim obedience or respect, to assert or maintain as a right. In other words, <laughs> one of the things we're fighting right now is to reclaim what used to belong to us, not our sovereignty, not going to the World Health Organization or our sovereignty going to the United Nations or our sovereignty going to unelected bureaucrats in Washington, D.C. But, Kevin, we have to make that claim. Go ahead. Go ahead. Amen. Amen. You got it. A demand or a, of a right or supposed right calling on another for something due or supposed to be due as a claim of wages for services. Hey, friends, $40 billion, $40 billion are given to our enemies, $40 billion. When is enough going to be enough? I'll show you something here. You're sitting down, I thought you'd never hear this on uh, Coach Dave Live. Bill Maher. You guys know Bill Maher. I can't stand Bill Maher. But the left is losing, friends. The left is losing. The more truth comes out, the more the left is losing. It's number two, Spencer. Now, folks, this is a little bit long. This is going to run about six minutes. Play it at 1.5 speed, folks. But when a guy, when a liberal leftist, God-hating, Luciferian icon like Bill Maher speaks the truth, you know we're beginning to win. Now, look. He's going to talk about sexual degeneracy, transgenderism, what we're doing to our children. This is one of the icons on the left. Go ahead and play that, Spencer. And finally, new rule. If something about the human race is changing at a previously unprecedented rate, we have to at least discuss it. Broken down over time, the LGBT population of America seems to be roughly doubling every generation. According to a recent Gallup poll, Less than 1% of Americans born before 1946, that's Joe Biden's generation, identify that way. 2.6% of boomers do, 4.2% of Gen X, 10.5% of millennials, and 20.8% of Gen Z. That means if we follow this trajectory, we will all be gay in 2054. 
and then who's going to buy this chair? I'm just saying that when things change this much this fast, people are allowed to ask, what's up with that? All the babies are in the wrong bodies? Was there a mix-up at the plant, like with Cap'n Crunch's Oops All Berries? It wasn't that long ago when adults asked a kid, what do you want to be when you grow up? They meant, what profession? <laughs> In the wake of America about to lose abortion rights, the ACLU recently tweeted a list of those who would be disproportionately harmed by this. You would think women might top that list. No, wasn't even on the list. Second on the list was LGBT. Really? Abortion rights affects gay and trans people more than, you know, greeters? I'm happy for LGBT folks that we now live in an age where they can live their authentic lives openly. And we should always be mindful of respecting and protecting. But someone needs to say it. Not everything's about you. <laughs> and it's okay to ask questions about something that's very new and involves children. The answer can't always be that anyone from a marginalized community is automatically right, trump card, mic drop, end of discussion. Because we're literally experimenting on children. Maybe that's why Sweden and Finland have stopped giving puberty blockers to kids because we just don't know much about the long-term effects. Although common sense should tell you that when you reverse the course of raging hormones, there's going to be problems. We do know it hinders the development of bone density, which is kind of important if you like having a skeleton. <laughs> Fertility and the ability to have an orgasm seem also to be affected. This isn't just a lifestyle decision, it's medical. Weighing trade-offs is not bigotry. Yet when a book questioning the sudden uptick in transitioning children was released, a trans lawyer with the ACLU named Chase Strangio tweeted, stopping the circulation of this book and these ideas is 100% a hill I will die on. How very civil liberties of him. Chase, by the way, has just been named one of the grand marshals of this year's New York City Pride March, along with three other trans people and a lesbian. Huh, what's missing here? Oh, right, a gay man. <laughs> That's where we are now. Gay men aren't hip enough for the gay pride parade. <laughs> Compared to trans, gay is practically cis, and cis is practically Mormon. <laughs> and this is a phenomenon we need to take into account when we look at this issue. Yes, part of the rise in LGBT numbers is from people feeling free enough to tell it to a pollster, and that's all to the good. But some of it is, it's trendy. Penis equals man? Okay, boomer. <laughs> Remember, the prime directive of every team is anything to shock and challenge the squares who brought you up. It's why nobody gets a nose ring at 56. <laughs> and if you haven't noticed that with kids, doing something for the likes is more important than their own genitals, you haven't been paying attention. Dr. Erica Anderson is a prominent 71-year-old clinical psychologist who is herself transgender and who now says, I think it's gone too far. The LA Times summarizes, she's come to believe that some children identifying as trans are falling under the influence of their peers and social media. If you attend a small dinner party of typically very liberal upper-income Angelinos, it is not uncommon to hear parents who each have a trans kid having a conversation about that. What are the odds of that happening in Youngstown, Ohio? If this spike in trans children is all natural, why is it regional? Either Ohio is shaming them or California is creating them. <laughs> it's like that day we suddenly all needed bottled water all the time. If we can't admit that in certain enclaves there is some level of trendiness to the idea of being anything other than straight, then this is not a serious science-based discussion. It's a blow being struck in the culture wars using children as cannon fodder. I don't understand parents who won't let their nine-year-old walk to the corner without a helmet, an EpiPen, and a GPS tracker. <laughs> and God forbid their lips touch dairy. But... <laughs> but hormone blockers and genital surgery? Fine. Talk about a nut allergy. <laughs> I, uh, I guess penises are gross now, but... <laughs> One might come in handy later on. <laughs> and if you're a man who wants to experience life without a pair of balls, you do not have to get surgery. You can get married. <laughs> oh, we joke. <laughs> and never forget, children are impressionable and very, very stupid. <laughs> Kids don't know why mom drinks every day or why dad has two cell phones. <laughs> Maybe the boy who thinks he's a girl is just gay or whatever Frazier was. Maybe the girl who hates girly stuff just needs to learn that being female doesn't mean you have to act like a Kardashian. Maybe childhood makes you sad sometimes, and there are other solutions besides hand me the dick saw. And look, I'm sure the vast majority of parents do not take this lightly. 
And that is very hard to know when something is real or just a phase. And I understand being trans is different. It's innate. But kids do also have phases. They're kids. It's all phases. The dinosaur phase. The Hello Kitty phase. One day they want to be an astronaut. The next day you can't get them to leave their room. Gender fluid. Kids are fluid about everything. If kids knew what they wanted to be at age eight, the world would be filled with cowboys and princesses. <laughs> I wanted to be a pirate. I... Thank God nobody took me seriously and scheduled me for eye removal and peg leg surgery. That's it, isn't it, folks? <clears throat> isn't that it? So again, this is another sign that some sanity is coming back into, into the culture. You know, if I could I could have done I could have I could have read that and they would have hated me. I could have read what Bill Maher read and they would have hated me. Bill Bill Maher was able to get away with it, folks. The times they are changing. Hey Myra, pray us in here real quick. I'll be delighted to do so, Coach. Um, June, uh, John 3, 16, 20. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believing in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Mm. He that believeth on him is not condemned, for he hath Believe it, not is condemned already because Amen. we have not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Amen. Amen. And this is the condemnation that light come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Amen. For everyone that doth evil hateth the life, neither cometh to the life, lest his deeds shall be reproved. Amen. Holy Spirit, you're welcome to Coach Dave Huddle. Open our hearts to you. And I unleash resurrection power, love, and joy unto you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. I got a text from Craig. Mr. Zero says, when I petition the Lord, by when I stake, I petition the Lord by reading his word over whatever location the law call, the Lord calls me to, folks. We're petitioning the Lord, right? I'm asking for specific places to go. Craig, explain that a little bit more, brother, because that that, that was well said. Doctor Paul, be right with you. Hang in there. Well, it's the Lord leads me. I don't I don't lead him. And and what I do is is I just say, Lord, there's you know what needs to be said over here. And I look and I ask the Lord for the scripture. I, I I say, you know, show me which scripture I have to kind of research it. And, you know, where the Holy Spirit says, this is where you need to go. And this is, these are the words that you need to do. And I copied it from the greatest man that I ever know was Jesus, because that's mm-hmm. what Jesus did whenever Satan tried to mess with him. He just quoted the scripture written. back to Satan. It is written. It is written, right? Something powerful about that word, man, for sure. By the way, I didn't, I neglected to say, um, we staked, not we, our group staked another place, another state house this weekend. And I'm not, uh, I'm being a, a little bit more private. I'm not announcing every place we stake because we don't want the enemy to know. We know this is going on. And by the way, it's going to be one of the real focuses of what we talk about when we get together on June 5th here at Sky High. Dr. Paul, come on in. Can't hear you, Doc. See if I can get this up, but the government website is actually, I, I posted it earlier. They're actually indicating that COVID is a hoax yep. on their own website. Uh, let's see if I can, I, I don't, I can't seem to get it up here, but I posted it earlier. I'll repost it. Uh, there National, it is. Wow. Check that. Who's doing this, by the way? You guys are geniuses. Yeah, we got a great crew here, brother. Huh? Anyway, look at that. Look at that. That's on. That is on the government website, National Library of Medicine. And two years, two and years of a hope. That's what two Fauci years. works for. That little prick Fauci's working. This is what they're showing. And I'm still in a stupid battle. And you can take, but you get to take this with you to your next hearing, don't you? Right? Huh? 
No, my, my lawyers are lame. They're not going to play. They're just, you know, lawyers do what they do. You know what they do. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I do. I do. And, and uh, in fact, uh, what, what I just, the evidence is overwhelming, as we all know, that the vaccines make you worse. They don't make you better. They don't protect you from anything, folks. More evidence out than you could ever need. Reggie. Thank you, Coach. I kind of want to just touch on some of this authority. So um, our authority is great in Christ. Authority is the key to claiming the land. But repentance and humility is the key and avenue to authority. Sin involves rejecting the commands of God and as uh, consequences, as a consequence, it places um, ourselves out of proper structure of authority in a state where we are vulnerable to evil. So we have to remember the Israelites. The Israelites pushed God out. And with that doing, they pushed out his powerful protection. And demons are legalistic and they're opportunists. So repentance is first, then your home, within your home, then you clean yourself, then your home, and then go forth into the land. You have to remember that repentance and humility is the key to authority. So Mm -hmm. I just wanted to just to add that. Folks, think about with, uh, with your own children. Think about your own children. Do, Amen, you, do you restore them to their righteous authority until they've come to you and they've apologized for what they've done? And then as a parent, when your child comes and apologizes to you, now you're back in right relationship, right? Now now everything that you, I have, my children now have, right? That's, that's the whole family atmosphere. So what Reggie is saying is got to make sure that you don't go out uh, full of rebellion in your own relationship with the Lord, and then ask the Lord to, to bless something when you're not you're not haven't reestablished the right relationship with them. I think that's I think that's really wise, Reggie. And uh, that's all. That's what all, all the repent. <laughs> that's what all the repent. Folks, can you believe? I'm looking at Dr. Paul's on my screen. A bunch of them, but I see Dr. Paul. Folks, can you believe the American Medical Association? Association, common sense doctors, don't stand up and speak out against the killing of unborn babies. Can can you believe that they don't do that? Can you believe the common sense doctors, medically trained experts, don't stand up and talk about the mutilation of children, cutting off their private parts and giving them poor? Can can you believe it? What does that tell us about how much the uh, the worldly systems have been in, infiltrated by the prince of darkness? That those who are doctors won't stand up and say publicly. This is a baby in the womb. Why why can't doctors say that? Why can't doctors stand up and say, cutting off a woman's breasts at age 14 is not a good thing to do? Hey, Doc, why won't they say that? Why can't they say that kind of thing, Doc? Well, I'll tell you in a nutshell, I uh, wish I never got out of the military as a medic. Those guys say it. It's it's just uh, yeah. I, yep, I, you, you know what they need? They need a personality uh, <laughs> assessment before you go into med school. And if you're a sociopath or a narcissist, you don't get in. But apparently, mm. that's one of the criteria. Sorry, but well, no, don't don't most people become doctors because of money? Wouldn't you say that's the number one reason people are driven mm. into medical? Profession? You know, coach, I don't know. I don't know because that's not why I became a doc, and I uh, maybe maybe I'm just naive. Yeah. Hey, Paul, you're just naive. Debbie, come on in. Did you say me? Yeah, Debbie. Oh, okay. A uh, couple of things. One, um, you know, in our system, we have what? And I just thought of this: a quick claim deed. I don't know if anybody's ever filed one, but hmm. uh, I owner financed a home that my dad had for someone and in part of the paperwork I had them sign a quick claim deed which exactly means that if they don't do what they've said they're going to do they don't make their payments they don't uphold the contract we've had then I claim that all I have to do is file it they've given the authority already so I claim my property back because they didn't honor the agreement so in a sense, when you're going around and doing those stakes and stuff, you're just claiming back right. what was yours, what is ours, that they did not uphold the agreement with. Not. So you're going to make your quick claim deed because they failed for whatever reason in the they agreement. Don't. You're just taking back what's yours. 
Well, folks, we have to, that's a great point, Deb. We've got to remember, folks, that the, both the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence were limits on the government. They were limitations on the government. And so uh, they have broken their promise, right? They've broken their promise. They're taking my tax dollars, which they couldn't even really, don't have any right to, to take our tax dollars, but take our tax dollars, and they're giving it, they're giving it to non-citizens. Really? Really? Our own citizens can't even get baby formula, fuel, right? Something seriously wrong, friends. Paul, come on in. Paul Webb and Jack. Hey, Coach. I'll be real brief. I got three things. Number one, when you preached on, when you were sharing Friday, uh, as well, no, you were so much on fire that the frozen food section of Walmart was uh, defrosted. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, Number two, um, it's funny, uh, two people or two industries, I don't know industries or professions, ministers and comedians tell the truth. They both are under attack. Hmm. That's right. Uh, number, n- number three, um, what Dr. Dr. Paul said about doctors, I don't know if anybody remembers a movie back in the, I think it was in the 90s. I remember watching it. It was a movie with Alec Baldwin. He played a doctor, and he gives a line in there. And that's probably one of his best acting jobs because he really wasn't acting. He was being himself. And then the doctor said, kind of gives a speech about how doctors are gods and I am God. So, mm. you know, it's kind of interesting. It kind of yeah. reminds, reminds me of that movie. I forget the name of the movie, but I think it's Malice or something like that. But from the 90s but it's a very interesting yeah. movie because it talks about the medical profession and kind of some of the shady things they were doing and he gives that speech in there about you know i know more than you i'm god i'm like a god i am i think i'm god and uh very interesting well that's that's certainly where uh, uh doctors are placed at a higher level than uh, the, uh, <laughs> golly the integrity my opinion the integrity of doctors they're more concerned about their profession than they are uh, truth, in all honesty, right? Twist. Can, can I say yeah, real quick on, on, on the doctor issue? Listen, yes. I haven't worked with them for my entire career, and there are some that came in for the right reason, but they've become like the pastors. They need to fill their office. They need to be socially correct so that they can get more patients than the guy next door because mm. there's thousands of them. And when they have sold themselves to these hospitals and they have these contract, contracts, they have quotas. They have production that they must meet, and they will be bonused for that. But it's become just like, you know, let me fill my pews by tickling your ear with, what, with whatever it is that you need me to say and in my allotted five minutes that I have with you. So I think it's become a lot like the pastors. They just need to fill the pew. Amen. So my, so my wife yesterday, uh, her cell phone went went kabooey, basically. So we go. I, I take her into T-Mobile, which is where we get it, and a real nice young guy, and he's working with dialogue back forth. She ended up getting a, getting a phone. Didn't have to cost anything. Her phone was so old, they didn't even they couldn't even upgrade it. So they gave her a, a, a free phone. Nothing's free. I get it. She got a free phone. But uh, one of the things that, as we were closing up shop, Michelle wanted to buy a cover for her book, for her phone, safety cover. And I said to this young guy, uh, Michelle knew him from Heartbeats, which is uh, a pre-pregnancy Christian ministry Michelle worked with. She knew, remembered him from bringing his uh, wife, girlfriend at the time, into Heartbeats. And so uh, we had a good conversation with him. He's very fair with us. I said, so when it came to time to buy the... uh, the little protective case, right? The little protective case on your phone. Uh, I said, hey, let me ask you something. I said to him, you get a commission. If I buy this, I can go down the street and get this thing cheaper. If I buy it from you, do you get a commission? Look me right in the eye. He said, sir, I get a commission on everything I sell. I said, Michelle, buy it from him. Buy it from him. Double the price, maybe I don't care. Put some money into this honest man's pockets. Let's help him out here, right? See, if we were, if we were all more conscious, conscious of doing that rather than saving a buck, saving a buck, right? If we dealt locally rather than worried about saving a buck, 
maybe we would begin once again to be uh, reward honesty. Come on in, Jack. Yeah, I love what Debbie said about the quit claim deed. When you violate the contract, it automatically comes back to you. Look at all the contracts the government has formed with you and then broken the contract. Yep, they are yep. all null and void. They all Every are contract. Back. That's what that Social Security originally. I remember some of the original arguments from the 30s. We can't do this. It's the mark of the beast. Oh, no, no, no. That'll never be used to number the people. It will never be used as an identifier. It even said on the back, not for purposes of identification. What ties everything together? The Social Security number. It's on everything. Yeah. 16, the contract. Six, it's null and void. 60 million IRS forms destroyed. No record of it. They cast your check, of course. They cast your check, but they destroyed the evidence. There's fraud in there somewhere. Well, that whole thing's fraudulent for sure. Kevin, come on in. Well, I was just going to make a similar point that, you know, a lot of people don't see the, the Constitution of the United States as a contract, but it is. It's actually a, a legal binding three-party contract between the federal government, the states, and the people. And if you look under Black, uh, Black's Law, um, you know, what uh, contract law is, it qualifies for every bit of it. But we don't see it as a contract, but it no, is. No, we don't. Well, they, they tell us that it isn't, right? And what was it we said earlier? Fraud vitiates everything. Fraud cancels everything. Boy, folks, we've been living under so much stinking fraud. It's unbelievable. Myra, come on in. Yes, Coach. Um, in March the 7th, uh, this is the verse you said, um, and applies to walking with authority, what Dr. Gosselin said, what uh, Kevin just said about uh, what everybody in the huddle is saying. Um, Psalm fourteen, fourteen: the Lord shall fight for you and shall hold your peace. Hallelujah. The Lord shall fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. You want to hold your peace? Hey, the Lord's fighting for you. Hold your peace, right? Got to remember this. Sometimes the devil just ruins your day. He really doesn't get anywhere other than he just ruins your day. The Lord shall fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. Pastor Dale. Exodus 1414, 14, by the way. Well, I'm sorry, Coach. I was will. Listen, brother, who owns a thousand cattle on the hill? We know who does, right? Who? who, And then who owns those hills? For the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Let me tell you what, brother. We are supposed to proclaim and we are supposed to reclaim. That's exactly it, brother. Uh huh. What does it say when the wealth of the sinner is saved up for the righteous? What does that, what does that, what does that whole thing mean? So, so we've got ourselves, as I've said over and over and over again, we're all trapped into religion, religious systems, uh, denominationalism, yada, yada, yada. I'm switching gears on you, but I think it's important. I want to get this in there. Bring up that uh, number. Which one is that for me, Spencer? <clears throat> I'm sorry. Uh, number four. Bring number four up. <clears throat> I thought this was kind of catchy. This is different views of Christianity, all right? This is how the Calvinists read John 3.16. Of course, you have to understand Calvinism. They would read, for God so loved the elect that he gave his only son that the elect should not perish but have eternal life. Click the next one. The Armenians read, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever, 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 whoever. Next one. Lutherans, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever is baptized should not perish but have eternal life. Next one. How the Anglicans and the Episcopalians, please refer to page 105 in the Book of Common Prayer under supplemental directions for the rights of Holy Eucharist. Next one. This is so true, isn't it? How the Catholics, for Mary so loved the world that she gave her only son. Sorry, folks, that whosoever believes in him should not perish for that everlasting life. Next one. <clears throat> How the Eastern Orthodox read it. Here Christ speaks, speaks concisely, for each word had much significance. 
For by the expression so loved and that other God in the world, he shows it. You get it, right? Go to the next one. Go. This is, this is the mess that we've got ourselves in. Very clear explanation of the gospel. Pentecostals read it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but speak in tongues. Next one. Evangelicals, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever prays his prayer after me should not perish, but have eternal life. Next one. Same for same scripture, different perspectives. How dispensationalists read John 3.16. Uh, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not be left behind. <laughs> but be raptured. Next one. <laughs> How the Baptists read, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever is once saved will always be saved, even if they're unrepentant apostates. Next one. Sorry, this is this just struck me. Non-denominationalists read, we do not have a stance on this. <laughs> Next one. Uh, progressives, for God so loved the world that they them there gave they them their only child. That whosoever believes in they them there should not perish but have everlasting life. <laughs> Coach, this is the first time I've ever seen you crack up like this. This is a refreshing thing to see. <laughs> it's excellent. This is so true, isn't it? The prosperity gospel. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not suffer but never have any problems. <laughs> the messianic Hebrew roots group. <laughs> For Yahweh so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever keeps Torah. <laughs> Coach, your laugh is contagious. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> this is why we're so messed up in it really in this hey, way yeah <laughs> but that's what i was talking about earlier with comedians <laughs> they they take the truth and they make a, a joke but they're not it, it's like you have this is what these luciferian weirdos have done the last two years they've taken everything the joy out of everything it's <laughs> it's absolutely yep yep you're ridiculous. right i mean not that's what they've done not that's what's so laugh. refreshed about that to laugh a lot. Laughter doing good like a medicine. It does, brother. I need to laugh. How universalists read it. For God so loved the world that he gave his son, only son, that everyone should not perish, but have eternal life. Oh, my. Is there another one? I'll quit laughing here. Seminar- <laughs> Seminarians. <laughs> I think you got hit by the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Go to the next one. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> How King James only is free. <laughs> For God. <laughs> Not I, good. Can't, I, I can't even read. <laughs> How Neil about <laughs> How Gnostics read it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life in heaven as disembodied spirits immediately upon <laughs> Job. <laughs> hey, coach. hey, Coach, I, you know, I always said he must have a sense of humor. And I, now, now I know. Yeah, I got one. <laughs> The depth of God's love is expressed in the words he gave his own begotten son. Jesus is the unique son of God. How so? Jesus alone was created directly by God. He's the firstborn of all creation. All other creations, including the other angels, came into existence through Jesus only by means of <laughs> Oh, look at my... <laughs> Get him off that. Get off that. I'm going to ruin my reputation here. Never reputation. That's so true, isn't it? And it's so true. What a, what what a mess the Christian world is. Come on in, Jeff. So how do I follow that now? It's jeez. <laughs> the uh, I was just going to call say, and I got a phone call as I clicked my hand up here. But I was going to say, you know what? One of my signs might be this weekend on the squares. 
time for the pastors and the churches to come out of the closet because we're getting 120 horn honks an hour. That might be something I can throw out there and just challenge some of pastors. Maybe they'll pull over and say, what do you mean by that? But I just got a phone call from John Freshwater. Oh. Listen to this. I mean, all the, you know, all the years of the crap that man's been through. I said, what are you doing? He said, oh, he said, I got a cast on my neck and a cast on my wrist. I fell off a roof and broke my neck. I'm like, what? He's got three vertebrae in his neck, like four or five and seven in his wrist. I'm like, John, just pray for John Freshwater. He broke his neck. I mean, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my, 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 my. I can't stop laughing long enough to pray. I can't say Bless, bless John, John Freshwater. So, friends, that's one of the things that we're focusing on, on regarding our, our June 5th get-together. I've been more convinced uh, this, this weekend, not, for, not anything special about this weekend, that we will not, cannot win this battle if Christians don't arise. Just can't. Amen. And, and uh, the only way that we're going to get, uh, we have to go get the people. The people that are sitting in the pews some of them know something is wrong, but they don't know what to do. Number one, nobody's educating them. The reason that you guys keep coming back here every every day is you're afraid you're going to miss some information that you didn't have the day before because it's always fresh and new with the stuff that we bring here. Well, how many people do we know around us who really and truly are God-fearing people who really have, number one, no idea What's going on? And number two, wouldn't know what to do if they did. And I'm just foolish enough to believe that the whole idea that going back to Joshua 1, every, everywhere you put your foot, he's given unto us as an inheritance. Only be strong, be not afraid, be not dismayed. For the Lord that God's with us wherever we go, that we have yielded much of the territory that the kingdom of God once occupied simply because we withdrew from it. And when I begin to look out the perspective and see what's going on and understand now that, that the, the Luciferian left is becoming so isolated that one of their own, Bill Maher, is beginning to say, whoa, whoa, far enough. What a great opportunity. If we we'll open our eyes and understand that many of the people that you're dealing with in your church, in your family, really aren't that lost. They're just not hearing the truth. They don't understand what's going on. Even the most leftist Democrat doesn't like $5 a gallon gasoline. As Bill Maher just said, even lefties go too far. Folks, we are, we are sitting at a prime moment in American history. And what we as a church the body of Christ, what we do now, we either move now or it's going to be a thousand years of darkness. Amen. Now, right now, we're in the middle of it right now. Roger, come on in. Dave, real quick, is there any way to get Bill Maher's dialogue? Uh, does anybody know how to get, because I honestly believe that was pretty good. It was very good. So I said, if I'd have read it, they'd have called, the, they'd have called me a hate monger. But he was like, see, it was just common. See, he's an old common sense liberal, the way liberals used to be, right? He said, think about that, right? Cutting off young kids' penises? Are you serious? But yet that's the policy of the American government, friends. Uh, Roger, we'll put that, put that in the chat if you could for us there, uh, Spencer. Jack, come on in. Hey, Coach, hey, uh, when you just said that, it just it just threw up on me. Um we're right at a point where we need to push harder, not push less. Right now, right. I'll guarantee you, in the next two weeks, you're going to hear, okay, church, stop. Don't push so hard now. We've, we've made our point. Yep. We're winning yep. this. So back off a little bit. Let's be nice. Instead, we should be pushing harder and harder and harder. This is the time to cut the snake, the head off that damn snake. Because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, folks. Everything that the devil does, everything the Lucifer and the Luciferians do, it is all based on lies. 
Hey, folks, let me tell you something. The vaccine didn't work. Not to the degree they thought it was going to. That doesn't mean they're not going to come back with something similar, but it didn't work. The plan did not work. We've got to gird ourselves up, put on the form of God, and prepare to fight and push back against the next salvo that's coming, because it's coming for sure. Coming for sure. God bless you. See you tomorrow.